Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film High School Musical. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you care, there may be plot spoilers if you listen, because we talk about the plot. Enjoy. Hello. It's Paddy and Robbie. Hello. Doing that podcast, talking about some films. How are you? Good. I was hoping you were going to sing. I, I thought about it, but then yeah, nothing came to me. Um, the only thing that came to me were rude. Um, so how are you? How's yeah, I'm, I'm all right, man. You know, we're recording on a Wednesday again, aren't we? So we won't have that Monday energy. We're in that in that midweek slump, which is either helped by watching Disney films that are definitely not for us or not, isn't it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's what we're here to explore on today's episode. Yeah. Um, this movie was not for me. <laughs> I can put that out there right now. Obviously, we are not the target demographic of a TV movie from Disney in the year whenever this was, 2006. 2006, which is the year I met you. So, God, it is the year we met. Yeah. What came out first, Our Friendship or High School Musical? I don't know. Whichever one came for it's a chicken and egg situation, isn't it? Yeah, let's see. When Oh, it was January, so this was this Okay, was, this so we rubbed off high school musical instead of them <laughs> basing a, a Disney Channel movie on our lives. Yeah, because I was very surprised at how many of the events of high school musical exactly correlated to our lives and our yeah. first year at university. Do you remember that time when we was it was you and me, right, and the pianist was there and we were trying like we had to have our, our audition for the musical, but these <laughs> guys had gone and done like a super preppy version with drums and we didn't have that and we just sang it like nice and how it was supposed to be. Remember that? That that's was a beautiful ex- moment. That's exactly how I remember all of our English lectures. <laughs> yeah. We had Robert Mack doing a little tap dance with some drums in the background. And then we, we had to saunter down. <laughs> I think someone got in trouble once for singing that at him or playing really it in a lecture. Amazing. I wonder if what he's doing. Robert Mack was one of our lecturers at universities. At universities? University, singular. I can't even talk today. Um, who was great. <laughs> oh, old R. Mackers. I <laughs> can't believe no one in the whole time we were there. No, I don't remember anyone making a Fleetwood Mac joke. <laughs> oh man, that's a missed opportunity. Rumors, no, it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, if only I had the Photoshop skills I have now. I had, I have now. If only I had those skills then, and I could have, yeah, photoshopped him into the cover of Rumors or something. Who was your favourite underrated lecture man at university? Oh man, I, I'm struggling to recall. You know, it was it, yeah, I can't remember really many of them. He was one of the more memorable ones for a memorable name, wasn't he? Um, there was the guy who did all my Chaucer ones. He was a bit of a lad, and I can't remember his name, but he was great. Did, you didn't do Chaucer with me, did you? No, I didn't do any of that old shit. I did the, <laughs> I did the minimum <laughs> amount of old shit that I had to do, and apart from that, I focused on modern as much as possible. But I also had a running joke with um, in those Chaucer seminars. I didn't do that much work. I had a, a really good running joke with um, our um, our mutual friend James Alsop, who I think now lectures in Shakespeare at that university or, oh, wow. or somewhere else. <laughs> He's definitely like a lecturer in Shakespeare. Um, we would always like bring in like a picture of Morrissey and try and like hide it in the Chaucer book somewhere to make each other laugh. <laughs> or like the book was That's called The Riverside good. Chaucer and one day I, I covered up his one so it said The Riverside Morrissey and he got in trouble for laughing at it. So that, was, that, was a, that was a good time. Oh. That's really good. I remember in one of my seminars, um, the other people there, a few of them, set me a challenge to sneak a specific word in in each seminar. Oh, that's a classic. A discussion point, and that was good. But actually, I think it went down quite well because I was always one of the more... One of the big challenges of being at university is that there's loads of people who really don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, and have just sort of... Well, probably not anymore because it costs nine grand a year. Yeah, now. yeah. 
so but uh, there probably is still that element of people feeling like they have to go because they and, don't and know I what think, else to do with their life or you know, like you're not educated or like that people don't value trades or those kinds of things which is total bollocks obviously but like and, and equally, you know I mean. there's also the class element of a lot of the people who really clearly didn't want to be there coming from, you know, certain backgrounds where yeah. it's clearly expected of them and just phoning it in. So some of the Raz, seminars, we used to call them, <laughs> yes. which is a common term. We didn't come up with that. No. Um, so in a lot of the seminars, you'd have only like two people speaking. And I was always one of the people that actually tried to, you know, I wanted to learn. I was spending enough bloody money. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to actually get involved and discuss things and think about things. And that's so the think, thing we thought that three grand a year was a lot. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now it's 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 going up every day. Back in it? our day, it was just you know a light theft as opposed to highway robbery. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So I think they even though I snuck in words, it was quite nice to actually talk about something. And actually try and debate things. But. I have to apologise. Sorry, for, I know I'm clanking a teaspoon here. I brought, I brought <laughs> what are up you a, doing? <laughs> I brought up a cup of peppermint tea, and I, I with a spoon and a tea bag in it, with the intention of taking the tea bag out because it needed time to brew. But then by the time it got time to record, I hadn't taken, the, I'd forgotten to take the tea bag out. Right, so and, and I haven't okay. got anywhere within reach of where I'm sitting that I can put the tea bag. You know, I'm sitting at my desk, and there's there isn't like a, a receptacle that I can put it into without making a mess or making something dirty so i'm just drinking it with the tea bag and the spoon still in the cup like <laughs> well, an animal like a beast like what you need is you need a little saucer up there for tea bags and then you mm. decant them at the end of the day i do but i don't generally drink tea during the day as a problem this is the desk where i work but like i, I drink coffee usually so that doesn't have a bag so this is probably the only time I ever bring a cup of tea up here is ah, I often have okay. a cup of peppermint tea when I'm talking to you. This is a special occasion. I see. It is. I see. It's the highlight of my week. In my special <laughs> owl mug. <laughs> In the owl mug. Do you want to, I'm going to turn my camera on so you can see the owl mug. Oh, yeah, this is very good for the, for the podcast listeners, obviously. Oh, it's too dark. <laughs> I too literally dark. Can't, can't see, see anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to switch on the light. And you can see my, my moustache as well. I can see your moustache, it's very good. And I see the owl, that is an excellent mug. I will, I know I always say I'll put a picture in the show notes and then I don't bother, but I'm going to do that. (laughs) Good, good. (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing Movember as well, so we're a week week in. It's actually, growth has been good this year, I've been lucky. Excellent, excellent. I suppose maybe because it started getting colder, your body's decided, well, we need to grow some hair quickly. That's true. Yeah. That's how that's how biology works. That's how science works. <laughs> that's how hair works, definitely. <laughs> um, so speaking of speaking hair, of facial hair, Zac Efron had none when he was in high school musical. I was going to do a better one than that and say, <laughs> speaking of hair, this is the movie where Zac Efron has notorious hair. Oh yeah, does. like he's Bieber, Bieber esque hair. The, he's got the Bieber bob. The Bieber going on. Um, so High School Musical, right? Is this something you'd seen before? Have you? I had seen it before. Are yeah. A, are you a High School Musical fan? I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I don't hate it. I don't object to it. Uh, um, I think I, I I watched it out of curiosity a, a year or two after it came out, um, and I thought, oh well, this is fine. I sort of get why this is this is big because it was. It's it's a funny one, isn't it? Because it's set in a high school. They're supposed to be high school sophomores. Which, for people who want to use numbers and logical things instead of giving their school name, school year names, funny things, funny names, that's like year eleven, I think, in UK terms. So yeah, they're like sixteen. But this is aimed at a much younger fan base, which I, I think is actually quite interesting. It's sort of that, that a very, very sanitised portrayal of high school that's supposed to present it as a sort of gleeful, happy, clappy thing. And it was I remember it being popular with like my cousins who are 10 to 15 years younger than me were all into this, if that makes sense. So that was kind of how I, I experienced it through their osmosis, I guess. Okay. That wasn't very coherent. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That made that made sense. That it. It's you, it's for young people. You gleaned it through people of a younger generation, where this was aimed at them, rather than at the age that they were at, but the age of the characters from the actual TV movie, which makes sense because this yeah. was a Disney Channel film, um, so obviously aimed at Disney Channel audiences, which is not Edge Lord sixteen year olds. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> um, this is this is considerably a considerably younger age group, um, and I suppose the thing that it runs most sort of parallel to Zach Efron's older than us. I didn't is, know that he is older than us. Yes, not by much. Only by he was like actually about 57 a year. Seven when they made High School Musical. <laughs> yeah, it was, he very much provided the template for Dear Evan Hansen, didn't it? <laughs> exactly. Aging no, backwards. I, they, they all look. Um, they all look of the age of being at high school, don't they? Which is yeah. good. Um, but yeah, oh, and I, Vanessa Hudgens is. She's born in the same year as us, but she's born in December, so she's a few ooh. months ago. Okay, wait a minute. I didn't know this. Partner Austin Butler, twenty eleven to twenty nineteen. What? She dated Elvis <laughs> wait, for eight that, years. And I did then not split know this. Up with him just before he started going off the deep end into becoming Elvis. Oh, or maybe that is what caused the breakup. Who knows? Oh, well, no, maybe she. Yeah, she drove him to madness. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Baz Luhrmann, I'm calling you up. Cast me as Elvis. Yes, finally. Yeah, which, I've been working which way, on this for years. Which way round do we think it is? Do we think it's that um, the the breakup with Vanessa Hudgens drove him to madness and to becoming Elvis, or do we think that um, she just that he was cast as Elvis and started doing all the really irritating Elvis stuff, and then that led to her be like, you know what, I can't handle this. He's coming I- in every day through the front door, going. <laughs> And also, he's white. <laughs> no, I um, I I can't bring myself to believe that she did anything wrong. Vanessa Hudgens is just lovely, and I think she's wonderful. So you know, she is no, in he, a relationship he did it all wrong. with a baseball man. Oh, really? Did you know this? No, Cole Who? Tucker. Cole Tucker of the oh, not of of the Houston Astros. Come on, man, really. He is a free agent. Oh, okay. He well, previously he... played for the Pittsburgh Pirates and Colorado Rockies. Oh, I'm thinking of someone else then. I thought I swear he played for the Astros. And Who were the Astros? They're from are they Houston. From Mars? They're they're the no. They wish they're the ones who cheated <laughs> on the World Series a few years ago. So we don't oh, like them. Oh, they cheated. Yeah, they were banging on a bin to signify which pitch was coming. How dare they? Oh, well, ap- apologies then to Cole Tucker, because he's played for underdog teams. So that's good. I like that. Good good move, Vanessa. I approve of that. And she, of course, was in the Princess Switch movies, which we mm-hmm. initially <clears throat> enjoyed, and then the last one, I remember, was not as good. Romancing but... the star? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> and also that silly one with the knight who travelled through time. Oh, yes. Um, what she was, was that in called? the night before Christmas that's as well, the one. wasn't she? How and could I forget in, that silly She's title. in a movie which is not very good but is very enjoyable because it starts with Johnny Knoxville being shot by a sniper whilst getting a blowjob. <laughs> um, what? It's what a film was... called Polar. It's based on a graphic novel about uh, uh, an assassin, right? Um and uh, and Mads Mikkelsen plays the assassin, but you've got this whole entry moment where where Johnny Knoxville gets shot, gets sniped whilst getting a blowjob, which is very funny. Um, but then the rest of the movie is kind of about this um, this touching, um, almost parental relationship between Mads Mikkelsen's character, who's this retired assassin, and uh, Vanessa Hudgens. Huh. And it's 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 silly, but it's quite enjoyable. And it stars um, Jonathan Knoxville, so you know. <laughs> it stars Jonathan Knoxville. Yes, um, it's uh, it's yeah, it's 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 fun. It's fun. Um, oh, and she was also in, if you remember, that awful film Beastly, which was oh, yes! a film adaptation of a horrible book adaptation of Beauty and the Beast that was just awful in lots of different ways, but and, not because of her. And she was in Sucker Punch, which we've not talked about yet. We no, I've not seen Sucker that. Punch. So yeah, at some point we should do that as well. But she's she's been in a, a bits and bobs, bits and bobs. She's, she's done a few different a... things. I think she has a very interesting CV and uh, all the Christmas movies I love. The, the first Princess Switch I think is genuinely quite good. It's it's a fun it's a fun movie. It's a level above the Hallmark Channel vibe that they go for. I think it's actually quite enjoyable, mainly because of her dual performance. Yeah. Um, what, which is better, the Princess Switch or a Christmas Prince? Princess Switch is. A vastly superior film, but the Princess Switch doesn't have a young girl saying I've, she's got cancer and there's no cure. Oh no, spina, spina bifida. bifida! That's the one. Thank you very much. Yeah, 
Um, no, you're you're right. Obviously, yeah, it's a it's a vastly superior movie. Is it as fun to talk about on a podcast? That is a very different question. However, I think in terms of watchability, you'd have um, to listen back to our episodes on those to find out. <laughs> that's, a, that's some good uh, good promotion there. Good promotion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, she's done some interesting stuff, and obviously we've got Zachariah Ephron. The Ephronator. Uh, to give him his full name. Yeah. I always thought that it was with a K, Zach Efron, but it's with a C. Yeah. He should do it with a K. That's way cooler. Like um, Zach Sally, who's the bassist from Lowe. Ah, okay. And also a very cool zine publisher. Oh, there we go. There we go. So yeah, Zach with a K, always cooler. But we, we won't hold it against him, because again, he's also done some quite good stuff, hasn't he? He has. He's done... Um, he's done Baywatch. some rubbish as well, but like... <laughs> he's done Baywatch and Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, I've not seen Dirty Grandpa. No, we, probably we, should, we, should point, watch, we? we should watch Dirty Grandpa at some point as well. Yeah. Um, but um, New Year's Eve, he was like the best thing in that awful film, wasn't he? The only watchable bit. Yeah, and we, to- we did talk about The Greatest Showman, didn't we? We did, yes. We talked and, uh, about the greatest show. In I think that's a film that has a lot of flaws, uh, being being like a, a biopic of an awful man. But um, like, I think his performance in that was very, very good, and he fully gave himself to that role in a way that made that film work. Yes, and apparently, he is very good um, in the movie about Ted Bundy that he also yeah produced. I think didn't he? I believe so, yes. And that one is potentially ethical as opposed to the Dharma thing. Which or, is very I don't know. Much not. Potentially a grey area at best. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah the, the Dharma one seems absolutely vile. Yeah. Um, but I think his Bundy one apparently actually did have some sensitivity around it. Yeah. I'm not sure how much it is because it's still. All of those kind of things are still glorifying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can't say I feel good about that, that but, you know. And of course we're missing out on his greatest performance, uh, Chris R. in The Disaster Artist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Um, and, and the Bad Neighbours movies. Do you, have you watched any of the Bad Neighbours films? No. Um, they did two of them, and basically it's about um, these people, uh, this couple who have a fraternity move in next door to them. And so you've got um, Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne who live in this house and then Zac Efron and this frat moves in next door. I feel like I've seen half of this on TV once. They're and very, it was not good. very but. stupid, but quite funny. And then they did a second one where a sorority... I think a sorority moves in next door instead. It's literally <laughs> that, that stupid. Right. Oh um, yeah, here we are. Neighbours 2, Sorority Rising. Good poster. Oh, that is a good poster. I'm just looking at it. <laughs> Maybe we should do a Neighbours special. We should do a Neighbours special. Not the very boring Australian soap that everyone seemed to love when we were children. Everybody needs... I mean, it's still better than the British soaps, which is just damn. Oh, yeah, which isn't, isn't no, saying there much. There are no good British soaps. They're all just miserable. That's damning with faint praise, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, yeah, we should watch the two Bad Neighbours movies. I'm going to call them that because that's what they were called over here. Yeah. And also, you'll recall that the next Zac Efron film that's coming out, we mentioned briefly in the context of it, having been written by Ace Ventura uh, writer Steve Oderkirk, um, is called Ricky Stanicki. And it says it's an upcoming fantasy comedy directed by Peter Farrelly, written by Steve Oderkirk, starring Zac Efron, John Cena and Jermaine Fowler. Um, Ricky Stanicki is the name of an imaginary character invented by three long-time friends as someone to blame for their misbehaviour over the past two decades. When their partners become suspicious and demand to meet him, they hire a washed-up actor to bring the character to life. And that's John Cena. That is a genius idea for a film. And that sounds like such a fun film, and I would quite like to watch it. I'm not going to lie. Um, Yeah, it does does sound fun. And it's it's Peter Farrelly, um, who did uh, Dumb and Dumber, um, the definitely not ableist me, myself, and Irene. The definitely um, not sizest shallow howl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the definitely not has no idea about sport fever pitch. <laughs> the um, definitely not misogynist, there's something about Mary. <laughs> yeah. The definitely necessary 2007 remake of The Heartbreak Kid. <laughs> the definitely also necessary 2012 <laughs> remake of The Three Stooges. 
um yeah what a what a what a career (laughs) so definitely very very good and highbrow film hall pass oh god that's a bad film that we need to talk about at some point have you ever seen hall pass yeah it's really bad awful but he did do osmosis jones what's osmosis jones i've never seen that it's it's um it's a mixture of live oh it's action. that silly cartoon yeah live action and cartoon about he's like a white blood cell shooting viruses inside a body yes that looks silly it's fun I remember that being good when I was like twelve <laughs> <laughs> but also um, Kingpin which is way better than it has any right to be oh which one's Kingpin that's the bowling one. Ah, the 90s bowling film oh we should talk about that at some point it's good we should do we should do um but that's not why we're here today we're here today to talk about high school musical which we've completely failed yeah now that we've given you the rundown of zac efron and vanessa hudgens's entire careers this is all to say (laughs) this this was their kind of big break wasn't it yeah yeah this was their big thing this is what caused them and and do you reckon that disney thought that high school musical was going to be as big as it would no, because it's a TV movie, isn't it? Yeah. Like, this this it, wasn't released in theatres initially. This was a TV movie. But it just grabbed people, didn't it? Yeah. A budget, 4.2 million. That's like quite low budget for this kind of thing. Even then, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think one of the really interesting things about it as well is... I wonder whether... Because... This this film has if the plot is almost exactly the same as Greece, yeah, and I wonder whether it tapped into that same sentiment of people breaking out of the expected societal roles that Greece had, yeah, and, and whether it just tapped into that with a new audience and just kind of revitalized people through that idea. Because uh, it, it is basically it's basically the mid two thousands Greece, apart from less raunchy. Because Greece is quite raunchy. Yeah, and it's this not is very pure. It's not horny. It's completely sanitized. Yeah, it, and it's aimed at a much younger audience. But yeah, to say that it's a sort of mid two thousands Greece for younger kids, if you're for kids who are sort of yeah about eight to fourteen, I think that was probably the right range where you're just you're going to school. You understand what school is. You understand those dynamics, but you're not quite actually at high school yet. You know, you know, but you are probably still thinking about who you are and what you're good at, what you're not good at, what your perceived sort of talents and identity and all of those kinds of things are. And, you know, it, it makes, I think, a fair point, I think, the film, doesn't it? The thrust of it is actually, it's nothing to do with a musical at all. It's to do with everyone thinks that you're just one thing or you, you're you one person that, you know, if you're a basketball team nepo baby you can't also be a singer you know that's that's what it is yeah. basically yeah um, so it's, it's a good message isn't it at its core it is it is a good message at its core and the other message is that mid-2000s fashion aimed at teenagers was truly awful <laughs> that's the other big message of this movie <laughs> the number of shiny shirts and particularly lucas grabeel's character is oh, constantly an underrated guy caps. Yeah, <laughs> underrated fashion icon hero. <laughs> Who he does loads of voice work now. Does he? Yeah, he does loads. He's in like lots of TV shows, kids TV shows and things like that. Oh, good um, for him. He has been in 25 episodes of Family Guy as well though. We won't hold that against him. No. <laughs> um so yeah, so he's been he's been in all sorts. He's been in all sorts of, of stuff doing voice work. Yeah, so he plays Ryan, who is the sibling to the, the bigger character, Sharpay, played by Ashley Tisdale, who also does a, a quite good performance here, I think, of being the kind of the theatre nerd defending her patch. Um, and yeah, they're, they're brother and sister who are, always play the lead romantic interest roles in musicals for some reason, and that's not creepy at all. Yes, yeah, it's definitely not weird in the slightest. Um Ashley Tidsdale, who um, turned up in a horror video game oh, yeah? a few years ago that I had to review called um, House of Ashes. Hmm. Uh, it's part of a horror game anthology called The Dark Pictures, where they framing... Basically, they're like narrative, very narrative-heavy um, horror games, and each one of them's different. And House of Ashes takes part during the Iraq War, and a bunch oh. of special operatives from the American 
army fall into an old tomb that's full of vampires basically is the plot it's very very that sounds wicked but it's very fun and yeah she's one of the uh she's one of the characters in that and they do lots of the sort of um the 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 motion capture um of of all of the people so it it genuinely looks like her as well in it um so that was yeah it's an enjoyable very silly action horror thingamajig she also did um a voice on the dub of the the English dub of the Studio Ghibli film Whisper of the Heart, which ah, is an amazing okay. film. See, alongside our main man Carrie Elwes, who plays Very the cat, nice. the Cat Baron in both that one and the Cat Returns. So there's a, there's a link to Studio Ghibli. I can find it somewhere. But <laughs> always find it. Yeah, but um, yeah, she's great. I, I think the performances are actually very, very good, aren't they? And the, the songs, you know, I'm, th- I'm sure you hate the songs, but you cannot deny that they are catchy, perfect mid 2000 pop songs. And for that reason, you can understand that it actually had all those things going for it when maybe nobody thought that it did. Maybe they thought they would they were just kind of phoning in some songs and someone who was writing them actually wrote bangers and then they thought they were just casting some of their normal sort of okay child actors and actually they gave really good performances and it actually just kind of had that that magic in the moment yeah and i think that's the other thing isn't it is that it's very catchy songs they're unbelievably irritating if you don't like that kind of music don't you know i hate the songs but (laughs) there's no denying that they are good irritating pop songs there Um, is no denying that (laughs) (laughs) And then, like you said, equally, the performances are very good, too. So you have, um, you know, Zac Efron obviously has a lot of charisma, um, as does Vanessa Hudgens, and that energy carries the movie through. So even though this was a very frustrating watch for me as a bitter 30-somethings man um, who despises musicals. (laughs) And actually, one thing I will say that i thought was very stupid about this film where's the actual fucking musical i know right this is the weird thing <laughs> the, the plot is so strange it's it's about nothing it's, it's like a seinfeld episode plot it's 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 not even about a musical if you haven't seen high school musical the musical doesn't happen the it's about them trying to get to their callback so they have an audition and then it's like will they be able to make their callback in time because it's at the same time as his basketball championship game and her academic decathlon thing so they have to come up with a plot to make that happen so that's the jeopardy it's not like the musical i i haven't seen any of the sequels i assume the musical does eventually happen well, unless just... the whole franchise is set up just as a troll thing like leading up to this musical that never happens like waiting for godot but like i mean yeah. I, I just looked up the second one right and the second one is about them going on their summer break so the what? musical isn't in the second one <laughs> i can only assume that the third one actually has a musical in it because i'll ask my wife not. she'll know she's seen them all because they were all on around the time she worked at the disney store um and they oh, were I always on in the background so she hates them i think because, <laughs> just because they were always on there well, I'm glad that you'll be able to bring back those um, those those memories. Yeah, of her time at the Disney store. So basically, yeah, that's that's the plot, and the plot is also she likes books, he likes basketball. Can I make it any more obvious? <laughs> <laughs> that was what I should have sung at the beginning. That's what you should have sung. Um, and you also I've wonder, been... it's like, was this just a vehicle for CD sales or for like people buying MP3s on iTunes or whatever? But no, I, th- I think it's more than that. But uh, you're right. I think it, it seems like relatively low effort for the output. So good on the people who made this, really. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing is that I think this this wasn't made. This wasn't made like Disney makes Marvel movies with a plan to create something some horrendous monolith that is just constantly scraping money although apparently people are predicting that it's nearly the end of the marvel cinematic universe's domination of cinema which would really? be very nice um I mean, who's predicting this does it start with p and end in bradshaw <laughs> i imagine he'll be very excited about the end of, of this era um no basically the the, the lot, they've been seeing diminishing returns although still getting massive profits on marvel movies and the latest one apparently is going to not going to do that great they're predicting so um people are thinking okay well is it nearly the end can we actually go and look at something else instead soon instead um 
which who knows maybe it's going to be another 20 years of this shit but <laughs> fingers crossed we'll actually get something different at some point um but yeah i would very much like it if we didn't have movies that all looked drab and colorless and involved people wearing spandex fighting in an airport parking parking lot <laughs> which is what it seems as though every fucking marvel movie is yeah um that would be that would be lovely um, give us high school musical cinematic universe instead. Yeah, there's quite a few of them, you know. We should we should watch all of them at some point and do another show. <laughs> but like yeah, you know, it's it's just fun, isn't it? It is. It's a fun little movie. It's a it's a movie with a good message, which is follow your heart and do what you're passionate about and don't trust musical theatre kids. That's another really important message <laughs> that this film puts yeah. out there because they will try and trick you. Um which is which is a good message. You don't trust those musical theatre types. And they dress terribly. Or <laughs> wonderfully, depending on your opinion. Terribly. Like actually the 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 mid 2000s fashion obviously is awful, but like the the way the costume designers went for it in this film and made it like a running joke, I think is actually quite knowing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there is this there is something vaguely knowing about this film, isn't there? Um, yeah and there are the, in the dialogue there are a lot of actually quite snappy lines that i feel like elevate it above the, just being this kind of sanitized film which it is but quite a lot of the stuff that they that they say is is funny especially the teachers like the musical theater teacher who supposedly like knows nothing about sports like thinks that the team is called the sports posse and stuff like that like all of her little lines really made I me like laugh. that the team is called the wildcats because that's the most generic name for a sports team in america yeah <laughs> um, and he says that um she says that zach efron doesn't know the difference between a tony award and tony hawk or it's someone else who says that but that's that really made me laugh yes. as well yeah um yeah it's not it's not the sharpest script but there's enough there where you're like okay i can see what they're going for here and this this will make people laugh and people will will get this and there's a bit where um his his best friend on the on the sports team is trying to convince him not to do musicals, and he talks. He had this quite weird anecdote about how his mum loves the Phantom of the Opera, and she put a picture of Michael Crawford in the fridge, like inside the fridge. And then he said, "You'll end up in my mum's refrigerator." And I was like, "Is that a ref- like a reverse reference to women in refrigerators? Is that like a really <laughs> like really niche joke?" Do you reckon the people involved in this know about the women in refrigerators um, trope? I, I don't know. But maybe, but that that was quite a weird moment that made me laugh as well. Who is your favourite high school musical character then? I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, like Zach Efron is actually he's is quite charismatic, isn't it? But no, I think I've got to go with Zeke because he likes to bake. He's the creme brulee man. He's the creme brulee. Yeah, there's a whole thing in the thing. It's like his secret passion is that he likes to bake, and that's just quite lovely, isn't it? That is nice. He's he's a good one. I like surly piano woman as well the composer yeah yes. she's great and then zach efron is very very she basically exists so that zach efron can be nice to her as a bit of an outsider figure to show that he's like a man of the people yeah that he's not he's not um just evil he's not a jock he's, he's not just a jock he actually is is nice yeah um and um we get an emotional dad speech oh yeah in this film it's a very emotional dad speech it really goes for it doesn't it Yes, yeah. He, he He's really like, son, even though you're you're my nepo baby and you're the captain of this team, I just want you to have fun. It's like that's the opposite <laughs> yes. of everything you've said and done throughout this entire film. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, and he does some good, like, livid coach action as well when he finds out that they're in detention. Yes, he's furious, and then he doesn't trust the girl. Yeah, he doesn't like her because she's going to get in the way of sports. Yeah, and also because he's racist. That's just something I'm adding into it. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely racist. One hundred percent racist. <laughs> but no, the the other best friend, I think his his name is Chad. Maybe his name is Chad. His name is Chad, and he's like, yeah, "You're causing so many problems." Zeke is baking. <laughs> that made me laugh as well. Yeah, that's a good line. The passion with which he delivered the the line about Zeke baking being a problem, I think, was good acting. And you've got the whole, um, probably the best scene in the movie is in the cafeteria 
where everyone is revealing their passions to other people. Yeah, that's very much where the centerpiece like of the, the film, isn't it? The the stoner kid, but obviously he's not a stoner because this is a film aimed at ten year olds. No, there's no marijuana in this film. Who's like I like playing the cello and you've got the woman who's like i i like hip-hop dancing yeah <laughs> um and, and that's that's probably the best one because you see all of these little breakout moments and it gives all of these minor characters a chance to like do their thing as well and that's quite a good little a good yeah. little scene and it takes it away from like the the sports thing and the romance which is actually quite dull really yes yeah which is just kind of there it's very as you expect it to be i don't think they even kiss at the end do they no there's no kissing in high school musical uh. what do you take it for <laughs> we can't show no musical show no romance no kissing children that's true yeah i hope my sons never find out that kissing exists <laughs> i never kiss my wife he <laughs> <laughs> just high five <laughs> yeah a pat on the back <laughs> <laughs> a firm handshake. <laughs> Good morning, wife. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's like supposed to be this this romance, but it's not. It's kind of only vaguely implied, isn't it? I wonder if they kiss in the later films. Yeah, I assume they have a little a little snog in the last one, maybe. Surely, yeah. hopefully, because you think it might be like a love triangle, and you're like, oh, this is going to be like a saucy high school love triangle thing with with horny songs, but no. The Jeopardy is literally <laughs> high school scheduling. But yeah. you can enjoy the nice songs about being yourself and having fun and having your head in the game. <laughs> a song sung by Chad literally 30 seconds after he says how much he hates show music and then he and starts then he singing a show, show tune. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Um, I have a little bit of trivia for you about, about this movie. Okay. Um, so firstly, we almost didn't have Zac Efron. The Ephronator. It was nearly a guy called Matthew Underwood Matthew who Underwood. was in a Nickelodeon show called Zoe 101. I have no idea what that okay. is. Um, and um, clearly did lots of stuff with Nickelodeon. He couldn't get out of his Nickelodeon contract. So instead had to uh, decline. Oh, interesting. So we got we got Zach Zachary Efron instead. In it, and maybe without is... that, there's no there's no dirty grandpa. So <laughs> there, we'd have someone entirely different in uh, Baywatch the movie. We'd Chris have... Pratt probably knowing we, how we, cinema we, works no, these days. Thinking of other people in parallels, maybe you'd have like Dave Franco. Uh, would Dave yeah. Franco have been too big by that point? Maybe I don't know. Did you know, though, that Zac Efron's first ever role on television was in Firefly? Oh, really? Did you ever watch Firefly? No, I didn't. I heard good things about it. I always One of those things that I kind of always meant to watch because it looked like something I'd like and I just never got around to it. It's decent. It's decent. It's not as good as people make it out to be, but it does have a good charm to it. As if every character in Star Wars was Han Solo, basically. Right. That's the kind of vibe. <laughs> okay. Which is a very good vibe because... It's nice to see a sci-fi show with normal people instead of chosen ones. Um, it's an interesting but very Joss Whedon-y show. So if you're right. in the mood okay. to watch something like Joss Whedon-y, then it's a good one. Yeah, I would have um, to be in the mood. That comes and goes. Yes, yeah. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, so that was his first first performance was in that, which is interesting. Mm, that's cool. But yeah, it's it's interesting to think about where High School Musical would have been, for instance, without Zac Efron. Would it still have been as successful without him? If they would it have then choice? launched the career for someone else? I mean, it probably would have done because all the other elements are successful, as we've discussed. You know, the good the good songs, the good performances. Yeah, yeah. It's it's whether anyone else would have had the heart for status that Zac Efron instantly did. Yeah, and who else could have carried off the Bieber the Bieber cut? Yeah, true. Maybe Bieber himself. <laughs> yeah, they could have just flown him in for, for a couple of days to do it. Um, equally, Zac Efron was not the singing voice. Um, he was not? For, no. What? Um, I did not know that. This is an outrage. So, Next, you're going to tell me Vanessa Hudgens didn't sing her own lines no, either. No, Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens did. Okay. Zac Efron did sing in the sequels. Okay. In the first film... Um, when they had written the music for it, his voice was too low um, for the performance. So instead, 
they used the test voice, a guy called Drew Seeley. Hmm. And that's why it looks like he's miming. I was I did think <laughs> when, during the big number um breaking free that it, his voice sounded weird and it didn't yeah. sound like him. Yeah, that's why it looks like he's miming when it doesn't look like other people are miming. Um because yeah, it was somebody else doing the singing. Cuz it is him in The Greatest Showman, isn't it? Yeah, no, he can sing. He can sing and in the further movies um he is the person singing, but in this one he's not. Right, because it wasn't written for him. And yes, the subsequent exactly. ones, they're, they're writing him. Yeah, Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so yeah, he's a big phony. He's oh, a liar. He's can't a cheat. believe you've let me down, Zac Efron. He's a coward. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> no, we, we, love, we love the Zaxter. Yeah, he's good. He's not done anything to get cancelled, has he? I can't say that now. And I don't believe then, so. Then be sad about Zac Efron doing something to get cancelled. No. He 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 goes fishing, right? He, t- he gets the fish out and he puts it in the bucket and he he doesn't eat it and he doesn't put it back in the in the river either. He just lets it die. <laughs> That's what he does. That's his cancelable thing. Yeah. Oh, fuck them fish. Deserved <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. No. It's a, no. Good. Good for him. I genuinely, I think this this occupies an interesting place in popular culture that I think is probably. I don't know because I'm not in touch with like what the Gen Zers are up to, but like for a lot of them, it probably is like a big nostalgia hit. So mm. maybe we're, we're there's a lot of like High School Musical meme content out there on the TikTok. I don't know, but hopefully for them, it's actually like a comforting thing. Yeah, hopefully. Because how old would you be? You'd probably be early to mid twenties, I guess. Now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I said, I'm thinking about, like, my cousins who are sort of 10 to 15 years younger than yeah. me, some who are around sort of 19, 20, 21 now. I remember them being big into it. Yeah, so maybe the, the, the hip, cool, online people these days are really into high school musical memes. I hope so. In the same way that we're big on, I don't know, what big pop culture stuff from our era. Memes about Julius Fuchik. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that episode's out there in the world now. <laughs> my greatest, uh, my greatest creation. Yeah. I actually have created something truly heinous that I'm not even going to put publicly. Um, That's just a general statement that you're, general... that you're making right now. <laughs> I'll send it to you later. I'm not even going to say what it is on the podcast. Cause okay, it's, it's genuinely. You can leave not, me hanging. Yeah, it's genuinely grotesque, but you can you can enjoy that when you see it. Is it a musical? Because funnily enough, Chad, <laughs> the friend, says describes the musical as a heinous musical. Um, this musical that was written by a high school student that we don't really even know anything about. <laughs> it's not even revealed what the show's about. We get a couple of songs that sort of fit fit the the film rather than the musical within the film. It, that side of it is a bit a bit weird, but maybe it all comes to light in a subsequent one. Yeah, who knows? Who knows what happens? And equally, you'd have thought that like, if they do... In High School Musical 3, for instance, you'd have thought that there'd then be some up-and-coming new sophomores who want to get into singing, and maybe they'd be like a rivalry for who gets to be in it. Yeah. That's something they could have done. That'd be I cool. Wonder if, I wonder if they do. Wonder if they do. Um, so, anything else you want to say about High School Musical? No, I, I think that's it. Really, I'm I'm glad that we both see it as a big positive because you know it could have been one of those things where I talk to you and you go, oh, "I hate this this joyful stuff," but no, it was good. I, I, I'm glad that you managed to take some enjoyment and some positivity from it. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it, but I can I can turn off my own enjoyment and look at it. From- it's not what you'd choose to watch. No, no. Um, but I can recognise when something is good and has had a very big and positive cultural impact. I don't think High School Musical had a negative impact on things. No. Um, unlike, for instance, Glee, which Glee was kind of like the bastardised version of High School Musical. Yeah, but um, Glee, Glee was aimed at an older audience. Glee was aimed at people our age, so that yeah. was our version of that, but extended into a really, really long TV series that started out really well and then really lost its way. It's and just lots of a people. surprising number of people who are in that show are now dead. So I yes. think something really, really bad was happening behind the scenes of that show. And, and Glee, I never got into it. 
mainly because it just seemed as though the whole show was incredibly mean. Yeah. And I didn't have time for that shit, quite frankly. <laughs> um, whereas this is positive. Quite and frankly. It's honest and it's earnest. Fuck's sake. Um, it's it, the the High School Musical is honest, it's earnest, it's very vanilla, but it's, there's nothing wrong with a bit of vanilla every now and again, particularly if you're yeah. aiming something at like ten year olds. This is vanilla, but th- this isn't like yellowy vanilla that costs a pound Tesco value. You know, this is this is the top end stuff. This is this is Cornish clotted cream vanilla. No, this, it's this not has got vanilla far, pods in it. This you know, is it's... a Mr. Whippy on the beach vanilla. That's what this is. Yeah, it's that's what cheap. ten-year-olds love. It's cheap, it's cheerful, but it's what you need when you need it. That's what this is. Yeah, vanilla Hudgens. <laughs> vanilla that's Hudgens, exactly. I'd buy the, I'd buy some of that and put it in my freezer. <laughs> but yeah, that's what this is. It's it's a it's a it's a cheerful, cheerful thing for kids. Yeah, and you know it's so sanitized. Like I don't have any plans to, but I actually wouldn't have a problem showing this to my four-year-old son. I think he might enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, there's there's nothing in there that would that would negatively impact a young kid. Um, I, I say reminiscing about sh- being shown Predator age. Yeah. Life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the things you were shown at that age, that's a, yeah. that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a spin-off where we go through the various traumatic movies I watched as a kid and we rank them on how inappropriate they are for a child yeah. to watch. <laughs> that would actually be really good fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, a yet, a yet another spin off. After we've gotten through every new metal band ever on Poddurst. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh dear. Great. Um, so how are we how are we gonna rank this rate this then? Um how many times do you or no, how many awful flat caps do you have in your hat collection? In my my mid two thousands high fashion hat collection, <laughs> yes, I've got a total of twelve flat caps of a possible twenty. There's room for a few more in my wardrobe. Yeah, and I'm gonna give it an eleven mainly. I'm gonna knock one point off because I didn't enjoy it, but yeah, it is a good is a good film for what it is. But it's not hateful. No, exactly. it's not like the the not enjoyment of like one of the after films, for example. <laughs> like <it's- laughs> no, precisely, <laughs> it's the opposite. Yeah, the opposite side of a bad movie. Yeah, <laughs> because this this is this is simply just not a not the right movie for me. But yes, I can exactly. It's very much not made right, for us. That this is the right movie for somebody else. Can you imagine if Hero finds Tiffin was in it? Fucking, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> drinking a whiskey. <laughs> I'll do a whiskey. Nobody says that, you dick. God, I fucking hated that film so much. (laughs) Go listen to last week's episode. If you don't know what we're talking about. Oh, dear. Um, So what have we got next, then? You've got the next pick. Have I? Oh, I haven't chosen anything. This this is how we ended up at High School Musical. Well... Okay, right, let me get Disney Plus up again. Oh, we're going to do the random generator. Let's do it again, right? I'll get it up again, and you can... Let me just find me. Unless I have one other suggestion, which is that we've seen Barbie. So we could talk about Barbie if you're willing to watch that. Would you rather do that or would you rather do the random generator? Is is Barbie out on anything yet? Yeah, you can can get get it on um, the Amazon Prime. As in it's part of the Prime subscription? No, you have to pay a princely sum, which I did not do. No, fuck that. Um, we'll delete this, but it's it's obtainable by nefarious a, means. Mm, shall we do the Barb Barbenheimer? Barbenheimer. I'm not watching fucking Oppenheimer. I'm never going to spend three hours of my life. What, what would you rather do? Watching a man your, say, this is, "This is your choice." Would you I am rather... become cheeseburger. So, <laughs> um, would, would you rather do the random choice, or would you rather do? Um, would you rather do Barbie? It's your well, choice. that's what I'm giving you the choice because I've seen Barbie and you haven't. So let's do the random one. I'm okay. not feeling Barbie right now. Okay. So oh, well, I'm sorry for that. Of... I hope you can feel feel yourself soon. You know. Yes, I will. I I'm sure I'll be in the zone for Barbie at some point. Maybe in a couple of weeks. You'll be flying. Um, you'll be soaring. You'll be breaking free. Yes. So, um, give me. Uh, number between one and four. 
Three. And give me a number between one and... Twelve. Seven. We have got Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, okay, that that's not too that's bad. Of all the stuff romantic that could be, comedy. I've seen that before as well, but not for for a while. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to choose three and then four because that's three men and a little lady without oh. having watched three men and a baby, which would have been <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, um, but no, I definitely think that that's a three men and a baby is a film that deserves its own episode first, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, Sweet Home Alabama. Then we'll watch Sweet Home Alabama. Okay, on the next episode actual, of the Disney Plus Random movie. Generator <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Sweet Home Alabama is the origin of all those like memes or like all these Hallmark channels about films about a, like an American woman from the country moving back from the city to her hometown and getting off with like a hunky woodsman. That's this is the original. This is where that originates. I think it's the, the, the OG story kernel. Yeah, that's what it is. Perfect story kernel Sanders. <laughs> no, that's Kentucky, not Alabama. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right, I'm gonna have to cut a lot of stuff on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm leaving in anything to do with Julius Fuchik. Welcome to the future, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> this has been Big Boys Don't Cry. You can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. You can email us Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to talk about Sweet Home Alabama. Alrighty, bye bye. Not the song. <laughs> I hate that song. Oh.